And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's 4 to 6A to B, competitive excellence, and the brotherhood. The plan to win uh, has never changed. So the culture here and the plan to win is always going to be here at Ohio State. Welcome back to 4 to 6 with A and B, your Ohio State podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Bill Landis joined, as I always am by Ari Wasserman, bringing you the latest in the soap opera, soap opera that is Ohio State's 2020 season, they're going to get to play in the Big Ten Championship. I think we all knew that was coming, but and we're still awaiting official word, but you know, all the people who always somehow get that, that information from the conference first tweeted out earlier on Wednesday that the Big Ten is expected to amend its six-game requirement for participation in the Big Ten Championship, which means uh, the Buckeyes will be playing in Indianapolis next weekend against Northwestern. What seems less likely as we record this on Wednesday afternoon uh, is that Ohio State's going to play a game this week. Um, not totally impossible, and if that changes, we'll talk about it, but but at the moment, it doesn't look promising. Uh, the Big, Big Ten schedules didn't shake out for them that way, uh, and they weren't going to, I don't think, upend team schedules to give Ohio State an extra game. We can talk about what that means. We'll talk about the Michigan game getting canceled and more about the rivalry later in this episode, but Ari, let's start with the Big Ten rule change. I think we both expected this was coming. This was coming. We certainly hoped it was coming. Now that it's here, it just it seems right to me. It feels fair to me. Yeah, I was very surprised by the outrage um, that was met, and not just from Indiana fans, but just other fans in general. And I think maybe part of the reason why is because uh, when you're a fan of another team, you like to see other teams suffer, and that would have been a, a thing that would make Ohio State suffer. But from a common sense standpoint. Ohio State could have forfeited the game against Michigan and still made the playoff or the the Big Ten championship game. And if you're the Big Ten, you clearly care about representing your conference the right way and crowning a legitimate champion. But also, the other team that was in question uh, that was going to go if this rule stayed in place was a team that lost head-to-head to Ohio State. So not only did they clinch it from a mathematical standpoint, meaning another loss still wouldn't have stopped them from going, they also beat the team head-to-head um, that was going to go instead. So I think it stinks for Indiana, who also had their game canceled. They mutually agreed with Purdue to cancel their game on Wednesday as well. It's kind of a hard time uh, to be an Indiana fan because it's the best season in program history. And not only did you find out on Wednesday that – you're not playing in the Big Ten championship game, but you're also not playing your rivalry game. But in terms of doing what is right and what makes sense, I just thought it was like the path to least resistance. Now, I don't know that this is the best outcome for Ohio State. I think Ohio State would have probably, I think if you would have said, Ohio State, would you rather play in the Big Ten championship game and win the Big Ten? Or would you rather play two more games but no championship? I think you take the two games just to add them to your resume. So I don't know how much that hardware is actually going to matter because we've been saying for the last few weeks that it doesn't really matter. Um, but, you know, A, it just makes sense that the Big Ten made the obvious change to the rule that everybody knew was messed up. But B, I'm not sure that's necessarily the best thing that could have happened to Ohio State, assuming they don't get a game on Saturday. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point, and I do want to I want to get to that in a minute. Um, I don't feel I feel bad that Indiana Purdue got canceled because that is another rivalry game that's been played for like a hundred straight years, like like Ohio State Michigan. Uh, I believe since nineteen eighteen they've played that game, same as Ohio State. 
and and Michigan. So that, I mean, anytime you see a rivalry game get canceled, that sucks. Uh, I don't feel bad for Indiana missing out on the Big Ten championship because they lost. If they want to feel bad about it, they should have beat Ohio State, and they didn't. So this is what it's supposed to happen. Ohio State should be going to Indianapolis. I do wonder. I guess let's just go to your point. The would you rather play in a Big Ten title or would you rather get the two games? Um, I think you and I are both in agreement, and I think most reasonable people are in agreement that they don't need the Big Ten title to get into the playoff as long as they play some more games and win them. But putting yourself in the shoes of like an Ohio State player, I don't know. I, I would think they maybe they would want to play for a Big Ten title, right? Get a trophy. This has been this year has been like utter like shit the entire season. The idea of getting to play for a trophy in Indianapolis, I, I don't know, would be appealing to me, even if in the grand scheme of things it's not all that important for the outsiders. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that it's funny because a conference championship for most fan bases is gold. You know, that's the the number one goal. Like Jim Trestle even used to say, Big Ten championship, then beyond. Beat Michigan, Big Ten championship, and beyond. But Urban Meyer and now Ryan Day have been so successful in the grand scheme of things that the value of a conference championship is diminished and if winning a conference championship is going to put you in a worse spot and again this is all hypothetical but if it's going to put you in a worse spot you want to do the thing that puts you in a position to win it all and if that means not beating northwestern and playing iowa instead or playing two games and not playing in the big 10 championship or whatever other route that it is you want your resume to be as complete as possible when the committee is making that decision. Now, we can get into the playoff scenarios um, here in a little bit, and I don't know that the difference between six and seven is really that earth-shattering because Ohio State's going to be in that position, but I think that the extra wins in this year specifically where where just playing a game is at a premium, that might have more of an effect than having a conference championship when really Ohio State beating Northwestern in a game that's 28-point spread or a 20-point spread potentially doesn't really tell us anything new than what we already know about. So it's just kind of an interesting dynamic. What do you think that spread's going to be? Probably about 28, 20. right? I don't know if I, I don't yeah. know if it'll get up to 28, but something around 21. Northwestern lost to Michigan State, and then Ohio State beat Michigan State by 40 without three starting offensive linemen. So um, it is an intriguing matchup. I think Ohio State's offense possibly against Northwestern's defense, although we've seen this play out before. Um, we can talk about that next week when when the game is imminent, hopefully. Um, the six games versus seven games conversation, I, I don't think it matters all that much for the playoff because if that disaster scenario of Florida beating Alabama and Clemson beating Notre Dame, and I mean both of them happening, uh, if that were to occur – I'm not really sure if it's going to matter much in the end if Ohio State played six or seven games. I guess seven games makes you feel a little better about it because it closes the gap by that much, by one game. But I don't think that would be the difference between Ohio State getting in and not getting in in that situation. And you can tell me if you disagree with that. I do think that the six games versus seven games conversation matters in terms of like preparedness for the playoff. I think Ohio State just needs to play more football before it goes into the, before it goes into the playoff. Like You can talk about the wear and tear. And I guess that's an advantage for Ohio State, and it's a fair point to bring up when it's going to be playing against teams that have played 10 or 11 games or might be playing against teams that have played 10 or 11 games. But I feel like I don't know what Ohio State is just yet. Like I know they're good. I think they're worthy of being in the playoff. But in terms of whether or not like the fully realized version of that team is going to go out there and like hold up against Alabama and Clemson, I don't feel like I have a great read on that yet because um, – They've only played five games. It's just weird to go into the playoff having only played five games when there's like questions that aren't going to be answered about Ohio State before they get to the playoff. Yeah, and it's just like if you ask Ryan Day, would you rather have the bumps and bruises that come along with playing nine games before playing in the playoff, or would you rather go in with six but an inexperienced team that hasn't hit enough um, or are relying on young players who haven't played enough or first-year starters or people that you need in terms of seasoning and experience and all the things that you need to do to work through from a, uh, a potential personnel situation or a schematic situation Ohio State doesn't have the benefit of working through their 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 issues so like to me I think Ohio State is going to be at a disadvantage if they end up playing in the first round of the playoff having played only six games because the shock and and terror (laughs) that's going to be waiting for them on the other end like is Marcus Hooker going to be ready to go against Alabama in in two games you know and that's just kind of an interesting dynamic to this all 
Um, the only thing that you want to do, I guess, at this point is put yourself in a position to just play in the game and play Alabama and then deal with whatever happens in that game after the fact. But, you know, now you're just kind of in, in still in an uncomfortable situation because I know that, like, and I don't, I, you, you stop me if this is too much, but, like, my first reaction to when I saw the news today was, this isn't really great for Ohio State. It's better than what it was on Tuesday, but it's not really great because there's no guarantee that there's no more COVID issues in, in 10 days. And then right. what if you get into a situation where that happens? Then they're still back at five games. So, you know, I think the Big Ten felt like they did the right thing. They did the the obvious thing. The What was the, the gift that you posted? Uh, reason will reason prevail. Reason will prevail. Like, it was the most reasonable thing to do. But I don't know that Ohio State should feel, like, great about its positioning just in terms of the total amount of games. Like, they're just, like, praying right now that, A, that they can stay away from this virus and Northwestern can. And I don't know how the conferences would, in a hypothetical situation, if that were to happen, would handle this. But, like, they're already on the cusp of not playing enough. And six is, like, about as far down that list as I think you can go. Because I think when you start getting into five, four, three, that's when you're kind of in the real, real – danger zone there and you know seven I think would have been a comfortable number eight would have been the best number but six is kind of teetering when you start getting into a maybe a head-to-head scenario where it is super reasonable that they might be compared head-to-head with Notre Dame at the end of all this yeah it would be like my personal opinion is I just want to see the best four teams and I think Ohio State's one of them so put them in but I can certainly see how the committee might have a hard time justifying putting in a team that's only played five games uh, but at the moment, Ohio State's only played five games, and they're not budging them off that number four line, which is like everyone's screaming about what happens if this, what happens if this, like Texas A&M. Like, they're still number four. They've never moved them off number four. So, I like, they're telling you that they think Ohio State's one of the best four teams in the country, and I guess at the end they can change their mind if they want to because they can do whatever the hell they want. But that seems rather important to me that for all the conjecture about Ohio State not playing enough games and if Texas A&M might jump them, like, it's never happened. So I don't know why you'd be worried about it happening unless – that scenario with Florida winning and and Clemson beating Notre Dame happens on championship weekend. But you do make make a good point. Um, and I don't know. I didn't think of that immediately. Playing for the Big Ten title is great. And, and on some level, I'm glad that Ohio State will get to do it because this has been a hard year for everybody who's trying to play. And if you earn something like that, you should get a chance to play for it. I think I'd rather have games on the books this weekend than next weekend, even if it meant not playing in the Big Ten Championship. Yeah, I think being 7-0 and as a non-champ is better than 6-0 and as a champ. Like, the stamp of champion this year is not the same as stamp of champion in every other year. And, you know, I don't know that I need to see Ohio State beat Northwestern to know who the Big Ten champion is or who the best team in the Big Ten is. And usually, conference champion is a stamp of approval of, hey, you were the best team in your conference. So, it's a, it's a super awkward dynamic because – the biggest worry now is that Ohio State has enough bullet points um, from a resume standpoint to get into this thing. So, you know, the rule is the rule, and Ohio State will probably win the Big Ten now if they play that game, and they'll get a ring, and they'll put something in the woody. But I think the number one uh, thing here is if you're going to lose the Michigan game, that's terrible, and we'll get to that. And then, B, you're not playing a very good team from the West crossover that's creating an intriguing matchup. And then what you're doing is you're putting yourself in a position now where you have a very weak schedule in terms of quality wins. You're being compared to teams that have quality wins, and you're unsure of what things are going to happen on Selection Sunday. And that's, like, not the ideal scenario for anybody, even if it's Ohio State. So where are you on on the playoff stuff? The new rankings came out on Tuesday night. Ohio State stayed at number four. The top six was unchanged. Uh, Shakeup in the top ten, I think, was only Iowa State moving up right to number seven, which is another – doesn't matter to Ohio State, but it's kind of infuriating some of the decisions that committee makes. Um, Ohio State doesn't budge off number four, even though Texas A&M beats Auburn and Ohio State beats a bad Michigan State team. I – Texas A&M doesn't matter to me anymore. It didn't really matter to me last week. It definitely doesn't matter to me anymore. I'm all about what happens in the ACC and the SEC, and I think that's the only thing that matters to Ohio State's playoff case, unless it doesn't play again. But if it plays next week and it wins, and it avoids that scenario, I think it's in. I think it's like it's it's that's the that's simple to me. Yeah, I mean, because that's the only scenario where spots are, are accounted for. If you get into a spot a, a point where it's like who's the number four, and you have a hard time diagnosing that, then Ohio State's just going to walk in. And you know what, man? I said this on the Andy Staples show uh, after the playoff call on Tuesday, Bill, and I want to know what your thought is. But are we sure, sure, sure that Notre Dame is in this thing if they lose to Clemson? Because I'm not sure that we are. I'm not. 
Like I, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. Um, I think right now, if you ask me, who would they pick? And it, I, I think it really depends on what that game looks like, the Notre Dame Clemson game, which is kind of weird. But right, if I had to pick right now, and you said like Notre Dame loses close to Clemson, and it comes down to Notre Dame and Ohio State, I think they might pick Notre Dame. But I'm not sure. I don't think it's a definite. Who do you think gets picked right now, gun to head? In that scenario? Ohio State, 6-0, and Big Ten champ, comfortable win over Northwestern. Uh, Notre Dame loses to Clemson by 16. I think 16 is enough that Ohio State would get in. What would be your magic number then? for What is the one-score one game? One-score game? Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I just feel like all the discussion about this is Notre Dame is in. And it's just like, I would be afraid if I were them. <laughs> I... If in that scenario, like if Alabama beats Florida, Florida's out. Yeah. Right. So if yep. if Notre Dame beats Clemson, then Clemson's out. Then Ohio State's in no matter what. But if mm-hmm. Clemson beats Notre Dame by one score, does that leave one spot left? Because Florida's out. Once Florida's out, there's still one spot left, and then it's going to be between A and M and Ohio State. And at that point, I think it's over. Yeah, I think as as long as Alabama wins the SEC, Ohio State's in. Um, I even think in that scenario, Ohio State might be in if it's only five and zero, which is kind of crazy. But but I I do think that. Um, and I don't know. Somebody made the point to me. I I wrote a playoff story um, on Tuesday night, theathletic.com slash four six. Get you signed up to read it. Somebody left a comment about how the committee wouldn't want to create a playoff where the possible possible championship would be a three or the third meeting between Clemson and Notre Dame, which is like, I don't think that should be part of the thought process when you're deciding who the best four teams in the country are, but it's worth considering. Like, would they actually put Notre Dame and Clemson on opposite sides of the semifinals if Clemson beats Notre Dame and then have them set up for the third game between those two teams in a national championship? It's just just another way of reiterating, too. I mean, a third time is crazy, but how do we even view rematches? Yeah. It's very hard specifically to beat the same team twice in one year. So Notre Dame is already behind the eight ball because beating Clemson twice is probably impossible. And the first time they won, they were aided by COVID. The best player in college football didn't play in that game. They had some defensive linemen and a linebacker out. Now, Notre Dame did a good job of winning the line of scrimmage. I don't think they won in a fluky fashion. But if they come out and lose by 14, 16, when Clemson is 100%, what is the message there? Because I think that Ohio State yeah. is a better football team than Notre Dame right now. I know they've played more. I know they've looked good. I know they beat Clemson. But who's better? I think it's a very simple answer to those questions a lot of the times. Who's better, A&M or Ohio State? Ohio State. Who's better, Notre Dame or Ohio State? Ohio State. The only two teams that we ever wonder if, if they're better on, whether that's before the season, week six, or week 12 in a regular year, are the three teams that are in front of them. Or the two yeah. teams that are in front of them. It's Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and everybody else. And teams are good. Notre Dame is good. But I don't know if a lot of people would, would uh, put a lot of money on the line, a uh, straight-up bet on Notre Dame beating Ohio State straight up. So, you know, I think that the committee is more seasoned than we give them credit for. I think that they think in those terms. And for all the resume uh, back and forths and the screaming about quality wins and total losses and point differential per game, I honestly believe in my heart, and I've never done the, the, the grapevine tour where you go and do the simulation, but I think it's as simple as put the best four teams in that we think are the best. And we use the criteria to have the arguments about it, but who we think are the actual best teams, and then we will justify after the fact why we selected those teams. So if you want to put Ohio State in there, there's more than enough. All you have to do is open your eyes. That's enough reason for me to put Ohio State in. Uh, Whether or not that's going to be a nice enough uh, wrapped up perfect conclusion for the playoff and the people who follow it, it's not. But you know what? Ohio State's also been left out of the playoff without very much of a comfortable uh, explanation, too, uh, a few times the last few years, and that's just kind of the way the game works. And if you want to have an expanded playoff or discussion about champions' automatic bids or a group of five um, dark horses, I'd love to have that conversation. But in the system right now, the way it currently exists, the design of this is to pick the four best teams to win and compete for a national championship. And right now, I think Ohio State is unequivocally one of those four. Yeah, I think so too. And, and they keep telling us that. I, I, I suppose I was trying to remember the exact scenario in 2014 when 
I guess it was it was TCU, right? Like fell from like number three to like number six on the, in the well, final ranking. Yeah, and was that the fourteen year? Twenty fourteen. Yeah. yeah, the reason why I, I if I remember correctly was that they were co champions and they split the game, so they didn't know which one to take, so they just took Ohio State. Yeah, there was no Big Twelve championship. Or they were, they were, yeah, I think they were co champs. Yeah, and it was they split TCU the, and, and Baylor. Um, I'm trying to look it up now. The playoff rankings. Uh, yeah, TCU was third, and then in the final ranking, TCU was sixth. The guy actually moved behind Baylor, so TCU was third and Baylor was sixth. And then in the final rankings, Baylor was fifth and TCU was sixth. But you're right, there was no game to decide that big 12 championship and also ohio state was a one loss big 10 champion that won 59 to nothing in its conference championship game but the reason i mention that is this like is there any fear of either oklahoma or iowa state just like destroying one another in a big 12 championship and moving up enough to take a spot in the playoff well there's one infallible thing about the playoff committee so far and that's through seven years. They hate two lost teams. Um, so I don't know if that'll be different this year. And I think that it, it makes sense that Oklahoma had a crappy start to their season and now are, are looking like the Oklahoma of old. But you also have to remember, too, the Oklahoma of old got blown out by LSU by 100. So, yep. like, I don't know that either of those two teams and, and Iowa State, God bless them, uh, lost to a group of five team by multiple scores. So I, I think that the Big 12 is completely eliminated. I, I think I'd much rather see even a group of five team like Cincinnati get a crack at it before I would throw a two-loss team in there that either A, um, has been blown out uh, or lost because their defense can't stop anybody, even if that defense is improved or blown out by a group of five team. So, you know, I, I don't know that I would fear them at all. The one scenario when I wrote a column about this that was heavily scrutinized is <laughs> the Pac-12 champion. If we're sitting here right now talking about how Ohio State six games is enough for them to go in, there is a scenario for USC as a undefeated Pac-12 champ to be sitting there at the end of this. And I would much rather if there's two spots. And you know what? Here's the thing. I think we all think that uh, Clemson's going to beat Notre Dame. But if Notre Dame beats Clemson and Alabama beats Florida, that opens up two spots. Excuse me. There was yeah. a spoon next to me. That opens up two spots. I think one spot would go to Ohio State in that scenario. And then for the fourth spot, if it's the head-to-head battle between A&M and USC, I'm taking the undefeated team. And I don't know when this happened. Maybe this has always been the case. Um, But teams are more scrutinized for their lack of quality wins than they are for losses. And I think that we have to take into account that A&M, when put in a position to play a caliber of team that they would face in the playoff in the regular season, got their doors blown off. I'd rather take a chance on USC and let them play Alabama. I think we both know what the score would be, but it, it might look like the AM game. You yeah. know? I, I don't know. I, I why are we why are they not even in the discussion just irritates me. I'm not saying they're better than Alabama or they could even compete with Alabama. That's never been my point. I just don't understand why in December, as this weird year plays out, why they're ranked behind two and three lost uh, or one and two lost teams. Yeah, it's weird. I, I don't think um like, I don't see USC and think, like, that's a team that can compete in the playoff, but it is weird that they're behind two and three lost teams. They played four games. They're going to play six max. Um, scheduled to play UCLA this weekend. It's a real shame their their Colorado game uh, didn't happen because that would have been the kind of game I think that they, they could have moved USC up because Colorado is ranked two. Colorado is uh, 21st. USC is 15th. It's just such a large gap to, to clear, to, to close, I guess, with only two games left and all those teams in front of them. But I do wish um, – like it's my I don't care who wins and loses but I do kind of hope that Notre Dame beats Clemson and Alabama beats Florida because that's like the most interesting finish to the season we could have in terms of like some uncertainty and shake up and new matchups because that's what you want different matchups yeah like and who they would put in there would be fascinating looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Even if A&M gets in, I still do not want to see them play Bama again. You know, yeah, I wonder if they would arrange, rearrange the seating if that were the case and make A&M three just to avoid the Alabama A&M rematch. Although I guess either way you're setting up a rematch potentially. So, yeah, you know, I don't I, think they put them. I think A&M is, is unless like Ohio State loses and Clemson loses. I think A&M is kind of stuck where it is. Yeah, like I they think play. They, they play Tennessee, right? Next week. Yeah, they play Tennessee, and I think it's not good for them that they ended up not playing their game on Saturday. Um, but you know, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. In that scenario, Clemson is out, and now you're looking at Florida, who would have lost, and that's their second loss, and that's A and M's best win. Mm-hmm. Iowa State has two losses. Cincinnati's sitting there at eight. They went down a spot at undefeated. Georgia's out. Miami got kind of screwed and didn't even get a chance to play. And their one loss would be the best loss probably. But they don't have um, the opportunity to beat Notre Dame. Um, Oklahoma's out. Indiana's out. Coastal Carolina's ten and zero. They're not playing in it. Northwestern's five and one, and we'll have uh, another loss presumably to Ohio State, and that brings us back to dun 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 dun. And I don't know. You should go if you want to entertain yourself. You should go read the comments on that USC story. People went. Did you get hammered? People went crazy, and the only point that I was trying to make is that I don't understand why USC isn't at least in the discussion. I'm not saying they have to get picked, but for every bit of Texas A&M being in the discussion as there is, the fact that we've wasted breath on Oklahoma and Iowa State being the fourth, why is USC not in that breath? That's all I'm saying. Because there is a scenario here where they might be the only team that you can take. Yeah. No, I think if we game that out like we just did, I think you can get to USC kind of quickly. Um, well, the thing I don't know is that why are they 15 if there's six teams in front of them that are out? Because like, Why think are they even good. ranked there? Do you think they would take a one-loss team? Do you think A&M would go? Let's just say A&M goes and beats Tennessee and does exactly what they're supposed to do. Would you think that the committee would take A&M as a one-loss non-champ over 6-0 and version of USC, who not only won their conference but looked awesome the way they did on Sunday? If USC kicks ass like that its next two games... Um, yeah, one of which is against Washington in the Pac-12 championship game. Um, and UCLA is playing much better than they were at the beginning of the year. Yeah, too. yeah. I think if you, if USC were to do that, I think they'd have a decent shot of getting in. But if it's like they just they play and they win and like there's nothing super impressive about it, I think they'd take A&M, unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know. It's like the good wins are more rewarded than you're penalized for losses. Yep. And I guess that's just the reality of it, and that's good. You know, you know, it encourages better get better games, better schedules, and you know, better opportunity for teams who who have upsets to to make it. But if oh, if Florida gets their ass kicked by Alabama at the end of the year, the bet the best thing that's propping up A and M right now is the win over a one lo- a two loss team. Yep. And like honestly, I was talking about this. Uh, with somebody else, but like Slovis and St. Brown, that's got to be at least a top six quarterback to receiver connection in college football, right? And like they're they're a top 10 yeah. most talented team in college football to be completely dismissed because they look like ass against Arizona. Like, is that fair? Did A&M look great against Vandy in the opener? No, I think that's a fair point to bring up. You know, A&M beat a winless Vanderbilt team. What was it 17 to 12 was the score? Um, and USC was down in the fourth quarter against Arizona and Arizona State, right? Um, which is also worth considering. I just, I just don't think the committee thinks they're very good. That's why they're where they're at. And I don't know. I, I guess USC can play its way past that, but it's a pretty, pretty steep hill, I think. And they would need a lot to break their way in terms of results in front of them. Um, on the subject of Ohio State possibly playing this week again, nothing's official, but I think we can assume that's not happening. Uh, Rutgers and Maryland are playing this weekend, and. 
I think there was some thought that Ohio State might get to play Maryland, and Rutgers just tweeted out game week with a graphic about it playing Maryland. So they seem to think that they're playing Maryland this week, not Ohio State. All right. So what are you going to do with your free time? Um, What's I'll on the menu? Our, I'll watch Army-Navy. Um, I don't know. Probably That's probably it. Maybe watch Big Mouth on Netflix. I haven't watched that yet. I've heard that's hilarious. I haven't seen that either. You'd love it. Yeah. I think you'd really like it. Yeah. Yeah, I think we should talk about Michigan now and the rivalry and all this stuff. I mean, we tried to parse through the playoff stuff as much as we can. And, you know, the bottom line is you you, you get to the, the end of the road and you, you see how the results of these games happen. And, you know, I think we went through about every scenario humanly possible at this point. And it looks like to me uh, that Ohio State, with a win over Northwestern, would basically walk in. But uh, if not only for that one scenario. So, you know, good positioning now. Just to wrap it up, no – not the perfect resolution, but a good resolution from the Big Ten on thir- on Wednesday as we wait for confirmation. And, you know, now we can talk about how crappy it is that this game didn't get played. Because at least in my column that I wrote on Tuesday, my solution was play the Northwestern game this weekend, then play the Michigan game after. Thus preserving one of the reasons why this game and this team exists. <laughs> Yeah. That's why we just suggest they open with them, or at least put them in the middle of the schedule. Um, it's just a shame that the game's not going to be played, and it just, frankly, it sucks, Bill. I think what that boiled down to is that there weren't cancellations to make that kind of thing work. Um, Minnesota is playing Nebraska. Indiana and Purdue mutually agreed to cancel because they both have COVID issues, so there wasn't like a lingering opponent there where you can maybe move right. things around. And I guess the Big Ten wasn't going to do that. I think they could have. I Part of me thinks they should have. Um, but I guess I get why they wouldn't want to take games away from teams. Um, so that's where we are. Ohio State's not – it's definitely not playing Michigan this weekend. Um, I think we knew it was coming, right? We, we Early in the week, it felt like there was, there was legitimate optimism that the game was going to get played. And, and I think Michigan – did kind of pull the plug on it when it didn't necessarily have to, but I think it did so to give Ohio State a chance to play somebody else this weekend because I don't think Michigan liked the way things were trending. And that's fine for everyone who thinks that Michigan's ducking Ohio State. Like, they did the exact same thing that Ohio State did against Illinois only earlier in the week. Um, so I don't know how you can say that they're ducking Ohio State. I, guess, I mean, Ohio State-Michigan means more, obviously. But, you know, teams do this. It's hard. And you can't project into the future when you're trying to you know, get your arms around a COVID outbreak. So no Ohio State-Michigan game for the first time since uh, 1917. It's kind of ironic, actually, that uh, this streak of Ohio State-Michigan games started in the middle of a pandemic, and it's ending in the middle of a pandemic uh, from 1918 to 2020. Um, because there's the only thing that could possibly stop them from playing, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of different ways to go with this. I get like I think it's obvious that it sucks. I think it's not like I think you and I both appreciate what this game means, even though the playoff does, and I think rightfully so, overshadow a lot of it because Ohio State's a program that competes for national championships, not just Big Ten championships and beating Michigan. But there's a lot of history tied to this. I like the fact that I think you made this point, and I agree with it. Like this is the kind of game where like legendary status is born. I think it's the only game every year that Ohio State plays that you can like guarantee that's going to happen. Someone is going to like carve their name in Ohio State lore by doing something against Michigan. And to not have that opportunity for someone on this team kind of sucks. Um, but beyond that, I am curious like what you think this might mean for the future of a rivalry that was already lopsided and trending to be more lopsided. And now this game doesn't happen do you, do you think it has any impact on how it's viewed, approached at all moving forward? Well, everybody was asking me, will the game be played at home or away next year because of the missed game? And I just like love the way people's minds work because it didn't even dawn on me. Yeah, um, I don't know that the game is going to be viewed any differently long term. I, I think that winning seventy five to fourteen <laughs> would have a more detrimental impact uh, on the game than missing it due to a pandemic. I think it's terrible that the game's not playing, and I think that if you're an Ohio State fan or a Michigan fan, this part of the year and this game specifically is every bit as important to you and your family as Thanksgiving is. I mean, it's a pillar on the calendar. It's something that you look forward to and think about year-round. It's something that you argue about and you tweet about in July. I mean, this isn't like something that is just, oh, well, they'll just we'll get it next year. This is something that people live and breathe, and I can sympathize with the loss of that. It sucks, and... More so, like you said, than 
than than even the fans or the or the players and the coaches who spend all year preparing, recruiting, working out, screaming, yelling, you know, overcoming injuries, fighting back from illness, all the things that have to to take place in order to play in this game. So, you know, the biggest fear that I've always had, you know, growing up as somebody who loved this game and watched this game and appreciated this game is that every year that goes by where it's not competitive and one side doesn't seem to be even trying to make it competitive, it gets worse and worse and worse. It's a worse product. It's a worse uh, investment of our time. It's not entertaining. The, the idea of almost being able to lose to that team no matter what, the throw the records arrow out was great. We laugh about the throw your records out bullshit now, but in the 90s, you threw the records out because the teams were on level playing fields, even when Ohio State was very good. So that is what scares me the most about the future of the rivalry. And I think it'd be an interesting thing to discuss. What do you think that this rivalry looks like in 2030 or 2035? If it continues to go this way, I think it might really be diminished because rivalries come and go. And this one was supposed to be a permanent mainstay. And... You know, I think the Big Ten really dropped the ball by not at least putting it in the middle of the season so they can improvise to it, to at least prop it up as an important fixture of the Big Ten schedule. That was a failure. Um, but in terms of what this means for the following year, um, I'm not assuming that it's going to change all that much anyway. I think the bigger onus is on Michigan to get a coach and a roster out there that wants to fight, compete, and actually make this game what it used to be. And that's easier said than done, but that's what needs to be done here. Yeah, so like all this is happening at a very interesting kind of juncture for for Michigan. The one the one thing I will say the the lopsided nature of the last two games makes it feel like it's trending in the kind of direction that you're talking about. But I also like in 2013 the game went to overtime. In 2016 the game went to overtime. 2014 was a closest game when JT got hurt. 15 was a blowout. Um, 17 was a closest close ish game when JT got hurt and Dwayne Haskins came in. So. It's like 18 and 19 have been the outliers, I think, over the last you know era of Ohio State dominance. The games have been close, really close in some cases, semi-close in others, at least like up for grabs, like in the middle of the game, I think more often than it, than it hasn't been. Um, but we also can see the way these rosters are being built and what's happened the last two years and wonder like how can it possibly get back to that. And we're at a time when Jim Harbaugh, has one year left on his contract after this year. Now there's reporting this week, including from our pal Nick Baumgartner, that basically a, an extension has been discussed for less money, more incentive based. I think some shuffling of the staff would be involved, and essentially like it's on Harbaugh to decide if he wants to come back. But like Michigan has made this offer to him. Uh, I guess two things. Like one, and I guess this would be more of a hunch than anything. Like, do you think he'll take it and be around for the long haul at Michigan? And two, if he is. How can he get this thing turned around to make this rivalry even remotely, not even more competitive, just like remotely competitive? You know those games that you just listed off that were close? Yeah. That is the reason why I have faith that it can return. Because even when Ohio State has had a lopsided advantage in talent, Michigan has done a pretty good job of competing for the most part. Well, that's the thing about this, right? It's like Ohio State has always had an edge in talent for the most part. Yeah. At least I mean, I like in the last 30 years. The, the, the problem with it is, Bill, is that when they were playing in the John Cooper years of 9 and one or whatever it was, uh, or one, was it two nine and one or two eleven and one I don't even remember. Yeah, two at two, two wins. There was no recruiting rankings or a, a identifiable factual metric to use. And I guess you could go back and it'd be kind of an interesting dynamic to – go back and look at the total number of draft picks from those seasons and kind of try to compare it that way. Um, but, yeah, Ohio State's always had a talent advantage. Um, it just hasn't been this stark. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I that's why I don't think it's too far gone. You know, you might ask a Michigan reporter or a Michigan fan, it's over. It's not even a rivalry anymore. We can't compete with it. I just think that's the – bad message to send and and a reason for the leadership change that is apparently needed and i think it is so i do think he'll stay i don't he doesn't strike me as somebody who wants to you know move on he loves michigan he wants to do what's best for michigan and i i don't doubt that he has a passion for for coaching football and putting out a product out there that the fans and the state can be proud of i just think he's not doing a very good job of it so i thought it was interesting didn't Baumgartner also report that he had multiple 
just like nibbles from NFL teams, and then also um, that the amount of money that he's going to get paid is less with higher incentives and more money for assistance. I think that that's mm-hmm. all like a general way of saying, A, you haven't earned your money. B, we'll give you more money for resources to hire better assistants and see if you actually meet the expectations that the original contract was meant to have you achieve, then you'll get paid. Mm-hmm. You know, And I think that's an interesting like middle ground between firing, moving on, and rewarding the coach with a long extension that he doesn't deserve. So my personal opinion, if I were the AD, uh, would be to find somebody that can revive the rivalry and do something to you know, spark a little bit of, of faith and excitement in it. I Even before this game was canceled, I, I wasn't particularly excited to watch this game. It's always interesting because it's a rivalry and you want to know what Ryan Day is going to do and how good Ohio State's going to look and all the things that you all love to watch. But if anybody was around for the 06 game when it was one versus two, remember the intrigue of that week? It's not even the same sport anymore. Yeah. And it would just be nice to feel like whoever is in charge of the Michigan football program, they are capable of potentially putting that team in a position to be the number two team in America at the end of the year. And, you know, they did go on the revenge tour and, you know, whatever. There was some intrigue in that game, and Ohio State was actually an underdog. What year was that? 17? 17, yeah. You know, so – and then Ohio State, I think, ended up scoring, what, 60 points in that game? No, I, I, seven. That was, oh, sorry, that was 18. That was 18. Was 18 the revenge tour year? I think that was. You know, there. and I don't know. Um, yes, 18 was the revenge tour year, and then Ohio State housed them in Columbus, yeah. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The, the question, Bill, is: Is Michigan physically capable? And you and I have texted about this over and over, over and over again for the last few years. But are they physically capable of signing top five classes annually? Can they? Like, is the question? I guess we just start there. Yes or no? Can they do it with the right person? Um, regularly top five? No, I don't think regularly top five. But I think regularly, regularly top ten. And I know there's a difference there, but I think regularly yeah. top ten gets you certainly closes the gap with Ohio State. And, and I think, you know, depending on where that is, they got J.J. McCarthy coming in. Like, if that becomes a regular thing, I think that helps yeah. things too, a quarterback. So um, I wouldn't say top five because you have Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, LSU, I guess. Yeah. Um, be hard to crack that that group, but top ten for sure. Top ten annually puts them in a better position from a roster makeup than Penn State's been. Mm-hmm. Penn State's been very, like, up and down. With their class, it's kind of weird. Yeah, I think Penn State signed the number six class like three years ago, and then other than that has been in the teens. It's like if Michigan could sign the class that they are going to sign this year every year, they are still drastically behind Ohio State in the talent accumulation phase. But that team, when coached and developed the right way, is a scary team for Ohio State. The same way that Penn State is scary every year, despite the fact that they're, they're, they're completely outmanned from a talent standpoint. Yeah, Michigan has a number nine class right now, the number two class in the Big Ten. 
uh, its average player rating is um, a full four points worse than Ohio State, which is significant. They have Michigan has twenty one commits, Ohio State has twenty commits, and the average player rating is a, is fully full points, four points less than Ohio State's. Ohio State has four five or four five star prospects. Michigan has one. Michigan has nine three star prospects. Ohio State has three. Um, I think you like to see that be a little closer, but even that, like I think, I think that your average player is a, is a four star prospect, pretty free and clear. It's a top ten class nationally. I think that's okay for Michigan. You can you can strive to be better certainly, but I think that is good. Maybe not good enough, but it's good. Um, but you also have to like sign that class and then develop it, which has been another thing that feels like it's missing at Michigan too. And I think that's where like some of the staff change is baked is baked into the Jim Harbaugh extension conversation. Um, he'd have to revamp it pretty good, I think, especially on the defensive side because their defense is atrocious. Um, and it's gotten worse like every year that Don Brown's been there, which is kind of crazy because he was very highly regarded coming in. But I don't think it's a lost cause. I, I don't if Jim Harbaugh stays there and takes this new deal and revamps his recruiting department one and then makes some true hires on the defensive side of the ball too. I I do think that this gap can close. I don't think it can close to the point where Michigan's like regularly winning the Big Ten or even regularly contending for the Big Ten, but it can make it so this game is not 62 to 28 every year because that's where it sits right now. Ohio State's got 12 commitments in the top 115 uh, overall prospects. Michigan has five. That could be worse, but it's also not great, Bob. So, uh, yeah. It, I think that the way to get the rivalry back is, A, Michigan's got to win one, um, maybe out of nowhere, and, B, there has to be at least a pause or a fear from the Ohio State fan base and even the team that there is a potential that they could lose that game, neither of which exists right now. Yep. Like, even if they were to end up playing this week, would anybody go into that game nervous they were going to lose? No. No, I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. I guess they're like old heads who like go into this game nervous every every year because it's just like how they were raised. Um, but no, I don't think I don't think anyone with a rational mind would go in thinking Ohio State was going was to lose this this game this this week or this year. Uh, by the way, the Big Ten uh, officially announced that Ohio State would go to the Big Ten championship game. The decision was based on competitive analysis, which determined that Ohio State would have advanced to the Big Ten football championship game based on its undefeated record and head-to-head victory over Indiana, regardless of a win or loss against Michigan. That's some in-depth competitive analysis there. Took them that long to figure that out. Well, there's a lot of people on Twitter still working through that concept, so. (laughs) (laughs) Big Ten. It's like uh, finally did like half of of a thing, right? Good for for them, I suppose. Um, Last last, uh, Tuesday night's release saying, we are aware of the cancellation of the game. (laughs) Yes. Thanks. So am I. <laughs> We're all aware, bud. <laughs> I also know what you should do next in case you're interested in my opinion, but we'll wait 24 hours for you to figure that out too. Um, so the hardball stuff is one piece. The other piece of it, like this this year, this year makes me a little nervous because, like, like I said, like I really like the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry. Um, if Ohio State goes to the Big Ten Championship and wins and goes to the playoff, it's like the Michigan game doesn't matter. Like it didn't matter at all this year. And, like, that makes me, a, a, I don't know. I don't like the idea of the Michigan game not mattering. Well, that was also uh, one of the points that was made when they put it in the same division. Um, you know, and I guess the concept was put them in the same division, make them play the last game ever, and the hope was that whoever wins the Ohio State-Michigan game, that's a play-in game to the Big Ten championship game. But I think three or four times in the last six years, Ohio State's gone into the Michigan game with the already clinched. Yeah. Like, this isn't a unique situation. It doesn't matter that they didn't play it or that if they were to play it and lose, they would still go to the Big Ten Championship and maybe even make the playoff in a regular year. But Michigan hasn't been competitive enough to make that game the the play-in game anyway. So the fact that it isn't a a must-have on the schedule right now is not new. Yeah, no, that's not new. That's that's been the reality, I think, yeah, the last three years, I think, at least. Um I, I think I, I think I mean it more almost sentimentally than I do, like actually based on hard schedule analysis and like wins yeah. head to head and all that stuff. Because the fan like, reaction wasn't devastation; it was what's right. next. 
And it's like, whatever, like, I, I get that. Like, I think the expectations here have changed. And I think we try to reflect that in the conversations that we have. But I like, there's been a lot of talk this week. And it happens every year. But it's like the playoff dominates everything. And it's like people get fatigue. And I think part of that's true. But also, if you cover a team like Ohio State, like the playoff should dominate everything. But at the same time, like the, the, the Michigan game was like the one thing about Ohio State that felt kind of like old college football to me if that makes sense like i don't know if i'm making any sense but it's like we're in this new era of the playoff and that dominates everything but the ohio state michigan game like the tradition and history of that was almost separate from it and if you wanted to like escape from the constant playoff talk for even just a week and sort of like embrace what college football was like i don't know 20 30 years ago um that kind of gave you that a little bit and i like i appreciated that about it while I understand the importance of the playoff when I write about it and like talking about it, I also liked just talking about like the thing that makes college football college football is like the history and the pageantry and all that stuff. And I, I don't think Ohio State doesn't get any better than Ohio State Michigan for that for me. And the fact that, like you said, that game gets canceled and everyone's like, are we going to make the playoff? Are we going to make the playoff? It's like, I get it, but it was also a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. You know that feeling. Uh, and I don't know if it's just because you also have that like warm feeling from Thanksgiving the day before. But you know that feeling at a nice, coma. Yeah. nice cold day in November where you've got to get in the car on Friday morning on Black Friday and drive up the, the highway up to, through Toledo and into Michigan and seeing the leaves change and how many Ohio State cars are driving in that direction and how many Michigan cars are around the stadium. And like walking into that stadium, it's just an experience that's not the same as other, any, other big games. We've walked into Beaver Stadium together. We've walked into Michigan State when those were huge games. And even Wisconsin, Lucas Oil, like there, there's all sorts of big games that Ohio State's played in. But there is something absolutely different about being in Ann Arbor um, on that day. And, you know, that's the one thing that, that makes me sad, the fact that the people who were going to go to the game, well, again, this year's kind of weird, but the people who want to be in the state city or be in local bars and, like, the whole city shuts down for that game. And the same goes for Columbus, Ohio. And... You know, it's just a, it's like a sad reality of sometimes in life, the things that we think are constant aren't, and we don't get to enjoy and do the things that we want to do every year because extenuating circumstances can really bring you back down to earth. And, you know, all I've done since this game was canceled is scream about the playoff and the stupid big 10 rule and whether or not six games is enough to get into the playoff. And it's just like, there has been no mourning of the fact that one of the best traditions in the actual freaking sport is not happening. And yeah. not only is it not happening, there was very little effort to preserve it, both beforehand and afterward, which really sucks. Because yeah. like, I can't imagine that the Iron Bowl wouldn't happen. No, I think you're 100% the right. The SEC they would do they- something about the Iron Bowl. They redid it for the LSU game. The Big Ten had the opportunity to try to preserve this game. Their original schedule was set up in a way to do it, and then they scrapped the whole thing. It goes back to their botching this stuff from the beginning. But, you know, the the arrogance in assuming you could play nine games in nine weeks and then putting your most important game at the end of the season is like is still baffling. During a spike yeah, that we during, all knew was During coming. the time of the year where everybody told you it was going to be the most difficult to try to pull that off. Um, it sucks. It was a bad decision-making. I feel bad for – because I, I truly do believe, like, for all the bullshit – that you can read about it. I truly do believe that like Michigan wanted to play this game. If they're going to be down 45 players, like what are you supposed to do? And that was from Bruce Feldman who reported Michigan was going to be down 45 players. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if you put a team through that. Ohio state played down 23 players. Only five of them were starters. Um, it just sucks. Like I'm not trying to like assign blame. Order. 45 just, is just too much. And if you don't understand, it's not, it's half the roster. Yeah. Yeah. But it, was, it wasn't it was totally preventable, but you could have put your – again, nothing about what's happened with the Big Ten season was totally preventable, but you definitely could have put yourself in better situations. It was like, as simple as putting the game earlier on the schedule that if it's played, um, you can play it. And if it's not, it gives you two or three weeks to bounce things around to make it work. And it's like funny because they put the game as the last game on the schedule in order to preserve the tradition of – what that game is and when it is but forget tradition there's no tradition right now the only tradition is playing the game right so it's like in order to try to preserve the tradition of this wonderful rivalry being the last game of the regular season now we don't get it at all and it's something that should have been thought of beforehand because they already built the schedule where there was no wiggle room 
Right. I think it's hard. I think at the time, uh, maybe more traditional people were like, no, you play it at the end of the year. And I get that sentiment. And it's easier to say in hindsight, like, that was wrong. Just play it yeah. when you can play it and get it played. But I agree with you. I, I think they should have. I was totally on board. We were on board with playing it the first week of the season. Now, that's yeah. drastic. But even putting it in the middle of the year, like they had it originally before they scrapped their Jenga schedule, um, was the smart move because you had it in the middle of the season and then you had built-in bye weeks after that to try to get it in if you if you had to go that route. So um, I don't think – yeah, there were. I guess there was some – scenario where they could try to play it next week but that's not happening now ohio state's going to play for a big 10 championship on december 19th that's my birthday thanks for the happy gift. birthday bud thanks man appreciate it 32 thriving um they're gonna get to play for a big 10 title which which is i'm, I'm glad it's going to happen um because i think ohio state earned it and deserved it for all the stuff they've had to go through and every team has to, to play a season this year um but it really stinks there's not going to be a michigan game i wish there was a michigan game this weekend and I think it takes a little bit of um, the heart out of the season, a little bit, just a tad. I understand there's there's bigger fish to fry, and you want to get a, a national championship, and that's that's all well and good. I, I agree with that, but I do wish there was a Michigan, Michigan game this year. I want to also make this point because I think it's important to make it. As we sit here in almost mid-December, it is so easy to sit here at my kitchen island <laughs> and say, look how stupid the Big Ten is. I think everything they've done is stupid in hindsight. But the other thing we have to also take into account is at the time when the schedule was released and they decided they were going to play, you might have said something like, we'll give them three more months for medical advancements. Maybe we'll get more uh, hold on the virus. More time equals more of a buffer to figure stuff out. Then that would have made sense at the time. Or at the time you would have said 20 Big Ten games are going to get canceled and every single roster in the conference is going to be infected with at least 30 people you would have said you can't play the season. So a lot of the things that we thought of about and debated about and discussed during the summer before we knew the way that this season was going to eventually take place is different than what's happened. Mm -hmm. The fact that all these games are being canceled, the fact that all these kids are getting sick, the fact that these teams are playing through the sickness. If you would have said any of this stuff to you, Bill, in in July, you'd be like, there's no freaking way they're going to play the season. So I think it's very easy to look back in hindsight and go – Look at the idiot Big Ten. They started late. They played at the biggest time of the year for the spikes, and there was no built-in bye weeks. Absolutely. I think there are certain things on in those gripes that you could say, hey, why is the Michigan game not week six instead of week eight? Or why did you not build in a bye week? Or what would have been an extra week to play? Or whatever. Like Even if they would have given one bye week, that would have been a, a nice way to musical chairs the schedule so that even if, one, if two teams had to cancel a game because one of the side of those games – got sick you could play the other two teams like there's like ways to flex it out and they came up with that initially but the fact of the matter is is that the reality that we're living in right now and the way that things have gone is so vastly different than what we thought our risk temperament was at the time that I don't even know how you could begin to plan for this except except just say screw it we're playing and if that was the case then why did they not start earlier so like there's is it, I guess it's a myocarditis situation. They were worried about that. You know, no matter what you say, you can come up with a with a opposing view. But we're trying to do the best that we can. Teams do the best that they can. The Big Ten's doing the best they can. I think they tried to do things from the right side of their heart. And, you know, it's just kind of a messy situation. But the thing I don't understand, Bill, um, and I understand that there's a playoff schedule and you want your teams to rest or whatever, but, like, can't you just delay shit for one more week? Just play the Big Ten championship game one week later. You could play the Michigan game on a Tuesday. Can't you just do something? Yeah, I think they should push the playoff back a week and play the whole thing in Dallas and bubble the teams there. But that's a topic for for another day, I guess. The idea of like making teams fly out to California to play in an empty stadium was ridiculous. Just put it all in Dallas. You can even have fans in Dallas because Texas is allowing people to do those things. Um, play the whole thing in Cowboy Stadium, bubble the teams in hotels in Dallas, semis and championship one week apart or ten days apart, whatever you want to do. I don't know. Make me footballs are. We'll get it done. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's all. It's, this uh, season has been a bit of a drag, I think. But I do think we're going to get a playoff. They seem hell-bent to get a playoff. So so that's a good thing, I suppose. And Ohio State is still very much in the mix for that. I don't know how how people how bummed people are about the Michigan game not happening. Um, but if you are, I'm, I'm there with you. But 
Also, you can embrace the fact that Ohio State will get to play for a Big Ten championship on December 19th. Uh, so no Buckeye football this weekend, it looks like. Again, if that changes, we'll tell you. But I don't think it's going to by this point at 4.30 uh, on Wednesday as we wrap this up. So we'll, we'll wrap the show up there. Uh, next week, in addition to the Big Ten championship, is also uh, signing day for the early period. So we'll talk about the Big Ten championship next week. We'll talk about Ohio State's 2021 recruiting class next week there's there's a lot happening even in this week has been kind of weird and, and kind of crappy so hopefully that podcast wasn't too much of a downer um if it was still give us a five-star review on apple be nice to us it's the holiday season uh thanks for listening uh we'll catch you guys next time on four to six with a and b